0: Thanks for joining us at 2H Sojourner, Theology Thursday. Ooh, always good to talk about some theology. Stay tuned. We're talking about manliness, bros, (laughs) more theology, bros, (laughs) more podcast, more podcasts, more theology. (laughs) Okay. Just as a little, a little in-house joke, go check out bros. What is it called? That game? American bros. I think it was called. Yeah. Something like that. Oh, it's the best little arcade pixel game on steam. Yeah. It's based on like Contra or something. It's very similar to that. But. <laughs> yeah, like Contra, totally. <laughs> oh man, it is honestly one of the most epic little games. So uh, go check it out if More you're into. Bros. More Bros. It's very hard it's like... to do properly and, while you're trying to keep your kids asleep though, that's and the, also really trick. not hurt the ears of those listening to this podcast because I'm just seeing our little lines are little heartbeat it, lines. It spiking? It's, it's it's ridiculous. Spiking. We're all in red there. So sorry about that. Um so yeah, but it is, I think, that video game is like the perfect theological definition of manliness. <laughs> said Paul Maxwell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um okay, so
1: just can you kill someone with just one finger? It's not. You're not a problem as long as you as
0: long as you do it with force. Pro force. <laughs> okay, enough. Um uh, force that's what it's called. Broforce, that's what it's called. force go check it out. It is the funnest little game. You're just blowing things up. It's crazy. Um, all right, now um, 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 we were talking about Paul Maxwell's stuff. It's uh, just if you if you if you just. Um, Downloaded this podcast, you might find it interesting to go and um, to the previous episode where you, you and my brother ranting against Paul Maxwell, hating on him. So well,
1: against his episode not against, him per se.
0: Well, I think I don't know. I think a- it, it was podcast, it was pretty player. deep. I mean, you I'm just no, you just gave him a no, shot I'm, in the nads, bro. That's what you did.
1: Look, I I'd I never pick a
0: fight. Doesn't agree with my view of manliness. Ah, uh, you picked a fight. That was a fight. And you know what? <laughs> if I know Paul Maxwell, he's coming back at you, bro.
1: No, you won't, because. What because I, I once heard him insult someone who, who criticized him. In fact, it was on the same podcast. And um, he, he said, Some some guy, you know, wrote to him and, and insulted him. He said, Oh, thanks very much. How are your three followers, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so I don't think you'd be interested in me. Like, yeah, I, don't, you. I don't even have Did an you. Instagram account.
0: Yeah. So, Paul, if you are listening, you're the fourth listener, bro. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> so you don't need to worry. <laughs> don't worry about it. Our, our sphere of influence is small. Um, but yeah, no, good, good, good talk, good topic. Um, I was gonna just um, all right, so uh, trying to pick it up on where you left off. I was just trying to remember where that was. I cut you off. Um, can you
1: remember? No, the 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 question. Well, the question, the question I'd like to ask is, what is manliness, biblically speaking? Right. Yeah. So, so I'm not I- talking about maleness. I'm not talking about you know the 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 genetic side of things. I'm uh-huh. talking about manliness, <clears throat> and obviously it might relate to that, but mm-hmm. I just. You know, I, I'm thinking about, he, you know, I'm I'm worried that in our defense of masculinity, because obviously there's a lot of stuff like the toxic masculinity thing, um, right. which is making a lot of social media headlines, and and you know, obviously it's all just we shouldn't buy into the feminist nonsense where like men are stupid and ugly and just we don't need them and that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> you know, obviously, we like I believe in def- we should defend our corner and defend. True masculinity and men should be allowed to be men. I agree with all that kind of thing. Um, oh, that's what I was going but, to say.
0: Yeah, okay, go for okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was just um, because you you sort of ended up um talking about throwing grenades, you know, with with Paul and and his um, yeah
1: yeah the, uh, unnecessarily provocative
0: right. So and what I was going to say about that um is I do actually appreciate um the freedom he has and his willingness to go there on certain points because for example I think it's also you know if I, like you mentioned I'm not taking these shots these throwing these grenades and that sort of thing well firstly I don't think I really have the constitution I'm not quick enough I can't do all that stuff so so I just know my know my limits but the other thing is um you know if I was perhaps in a different context like I think if someone is a pastor there are certain constraints he must be willing to, to take on, you know what I mean? And and be willing, you know, you can't be a brawler. You can't be a, uh, you know, well, a, no, and that's not to say that... You're
1: biblically disqualified at that point. What's that? Well, if you do become a brawler, you're biblically disqualified. You're b- yeah, exactly right. And it, an it, and that's
0: not to say that any Christian can be a brawler, but it's just that you're, you're wanting to... Um, you're taking on the burden of of making sure that I mean everyone, biblically speaking, at least whether they do or don't in reality is another thing. But but you know they should be looking to you in your life, and you should be trying to model the culture you want to see in the church, and, and all and you in holiness and and doctrine and all of those things. Um, and well, maybe maybe this is a, a bad sort of uh, analogy, but but let's say for example uh, someone in politics, you know, who's in your church. You know, they go and debate. What, what is it, the House of Commons or something, where they all get all gnarly with one another and they just, uh, you know, in parliaments, and um, yeah. you know, they start screaming at each other. And it's part of the the the, the cultural norm of the place. And you know, like as a, yeah, you know, you might find a politician in that scenario who's you know really trying to craft his skill and get out there and and just um, make a point and do the William Wilberforce thing. Um, you know, hey amen. That guy's got to go ahead. He's 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 in a different realm a different sphere he's uh, not under the same constraints as a pastor he doesn't have to worry about his actions portraying the wrong mission uh getting stuck on the wrong sort of thing he's in some sense free to 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 really just you know go wild in that in that sector obviously within the realms of godliness but that's going to take on a certain tone like even just the speech everyone's expecting everyone to be a little bit in each other's face um, it's going to look different to how you're having a you know church membership meeting or something. You know, it's just those things need to need to be taken into account. Um, with Paul, he's uh, he's in the realm of you know he's got his PhD, he's doing the the intellectual calling card thing. Um, he's wanting to take on thought. He's wanting to get into the realm of, of the Joe Rogan, um, the 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 guys who are just you know trying to be brut- brutishly honest, if 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 anything. And uh, as, as a, I think, a, a good thing in general, um, but also as those who, are you know, feel certain freedom to, to be able to talk about things honestly and push push back without having to worry too much about every point being like extremely balanced and, you know, everyone following. They're, maybe what I'm saying is that they, they have the license, well, I would feel that I would have the license to allow more people to discern what I'm saying because I'm not a pastor, you know what I mean? Um if, if I am a pastor, it's almost like they should still be discerning what I'm saying, but you, they could be forgiven for being a little bit more relaxed around their own pastor because... Yeah,
1: they should trust their pastor. They should
0: trust their pastor, that's right. So they Paul, he's not... Asking for any trust in that way, you know what I mean. And uh, he's going, listen, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm almost throwing the grenade to to send the alert out to get you to think through what I'm saying. And and the more important thing is that you you, you work through the content itself. Um, and then so in terms of like the the and this is where I'm going with all of this. <clears throat> for example, like um, you have the whole uh, toxic masculinity thing that you just mentioned. Um, obviously, you have all the feminist pushback and all that, and it's just gonna it, it's gonna be this landslide against masculinity if someone is not taking on quite a niche corner there and and it really being willing, almost to, you know, I don't know, just I wouldn't want this job, but I'm thankful that one guy at least is 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 pushing that back, back at quite a gnarly level. A la- allowing that, you know, almost willing to associate his name to someone who might be thought to endorse locker talk, you know, locker room speech. And, and no, that's not what he's endorsing, but that's going to be where he gets attacked. And like, that's, that's, that's going to take a nerve that I don't, not, not only don't I have the nerve to do, but I don't think I have the 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 freedom to do it. Um, but I'm very thankful that someone's doing it because I agree with what he's saying. In that, yes, it's true, locker room speeches and um, toxic masculinity and all that is is terrible and sinful. But in the process, here's the pushback. Uh, don't just let this whole tidal wave of 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 anti masculinity take over you. Uh, let's stop it right there at the barrier and let's think about it right there where it's happening. Uh, so that's kind of how I see it. Just just wanting to, to say one thing about that um the, the grenade throwing th- thing. But in anyway it's coming back I'm gonna use no, all our time before we enough.
1: I think I think you're being very generous, but I I, I you know that's fair enough.
0: Yeah. Well let's talk about the more important thing, biblical masculinity. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, cool.
1: So how would you I mean how would you define so, it? So yeah just what do you, what flowing do you think
0: on... are the key qualities for Oh, man, well, I did, you know, just again, sorry, just trying to connect this to our, our previous talk. Um, I did always appreciate Driscoll on this, I really did. Um, I still recommend his stuff quite provocatively, perhaps, or controversially with guys like, for example, um, uh, this the thing that he got ragged on that whole um, Song of Solomon thing, it was honestly a a very average exposition of, um, or maybe even, I'll just go ahead and say, not good exposition of Song of Solomon. <laughs> but, but the the yeah. the actual content that came out of it in terms of just, um, you know, marriage and masculinity and femininity, oh boy, every single sentence needed to be said. It was just like that's a good example of of yeah, you know, everyone just not going there, and Driscoll went there, and you know, sure, you you know, it's almost like Luther, you know. <laughs> It, it takes a battle axe to do something that only a battle axe can do. And But the problem is the yeah. guy who's doing it is going to be a battle axe, you know what I mean? And battle axes are unfriendly things. They're going to cut everywhere they go and they're just going to knock things over and they're going to bludgeon things to death uh, and yet they kind of get the job done, you know? Um, and so I think I think with um, what Driscoll was doing, obviously we now look back and I think even when it was happening, everyone was calling the, the flag on, on this and saying like, you know, hey, you, you're going too far, and and uh, you know you, you're not making room for. You, you, there's just not a well nuanced, balanced position here. But it's like he wasn't concerned with balance and and nuance. He was concerned with just breaking through the the absolute, you know, um, studge that had crept in, and and he just needed to forge something. And and I just being in Acts twenty nine, um, and uh, for example. And I think you mentioned a comparison there with with Chandler and, and Driscoll as well. Uh, yeah, so like I do have a little bit of, of reference for that as well, you know, just heading to regular um, X29 gatherings globally and, and uh, locally. And um, it's interesting because you do see, I mean, you got like thousands and thousands of people from all over the world who are good, I am mean, just leaving aside the whole, you know, um, toxic or or maybe just uh, a caricature masculinity thing that Driscoll put into play. The reality is it's just undeniable that you've got a lot of strong, um, uh, good, honest, godly, masculine um, uh, leaders in that room and you talk to them and they, I mean they all just like driscoll opened this up for me you know he and i remember i probably hadn't i wasn't in, uh, affected to the same degree but i do remember you know when you're living in the realm of of um you know sort of uh, i i sort of just come into reform theology and really appreciating guys like piper and carson as you mentioned and and i remember seeing driscoll for the first time and um and just i'm going wow is that even allowed <laughs> You know, that was my big thing. Just the, he wasn't wearing the chinos. He wasn't wearing the um and you realize when you see that, oh my goodness, like I've just been so sucked into this. And it's just it's just a healthy thing for me to ask the question, is this allowed? And then when he when he would um you know, even just the way he preached was a lot more colloquial, it was a lot more, you know, directed at me, uh, in the way that I am and the way that I talk. So, you know, I really appreciated so much of what he did. Um and, and, like, I can imagine if you hadn't even come into Reformed theology yet or you were in a particularly effeminate church, uh, that that would, that would be just pure medicine to see a guy like Driscoll open, open that whole realm up to you. Uh, if you were sort of suppressing what you thought, it almost reminds me of when I came into the charismatic thing. And, um, you know, the first step uh, of charismatic church is, like, throw all your jewelry away. Uh, second step yeah. is throw all your music yeah. away. Third step is cut your hair, your dreadlocks. You know, third step, fourth step. And now you're a Christian. Well done. So now you smell and look and, and you know, you wear the same clothes yeah, as everyone else.
1: Yeah, it's like, the, you know, converting people on an island
0: and then they have to wear a kilt. Exactly. It's a form of that. Exactly right. Yeah. And so... And so, you know, it's it's almost a similar feeling that, oh, wow, so that's not exact, that's not true Christianity, that there's something that needs to be pushed back there. So I think that was the effect that Driscoll had, and, and to the degree that he just opened the door for those who felt that they need to, if they want to become Christians, they need to Shave the stubble as closely as they can because heaven forbid you know you have to uh, you know wear the, the effeminate chinos and that sort of thing uh, I don't even know if chinos are effeminate but I'm making stupid examples but I hopefully you get my you get my drift <laughs> I think all you know? the
1: jocks wear chinos bro. I don't know yeah whatever
0: yeah so whatever you, you wear their f- but but I think um, you know and I've, I've seen a little bit of this in the states I feel like it probably has hit the states more than anywhere else yeah, I mean. this
1: is this is part of my question because yeah. it feels to me like a massive. Overreaction, um, because you know I, this well not exactly the same, but I was at that same charismatic church with you, right? At least part time for a while, and then um, I went to the Presbyterian church where there was no minister for a while, and yeah, I mean, some of it was frustrating, but I yeah, I don't know, but I, I came through that. So if I think of those fresh. churches
0: though, um, th- yeah. they didn't really struggle with the masculinity issue, I don't think.
1: Well, because is it actually a masculinity? Well, issue? well, here's, it, it a... here's what I'm
0: gonna say though, because um, you know, and then again, just with Driscoll, going to the states, I've realized this a little bit um, more. I mean, they really do. <laughs> there are some churches that truly struggle with the masculinity issue, and what I mean by that is, you know, they'll, um, you'll like the, the, you'll get it. You'll walk in, and there are only women in the church, like you know, <laughs> for for one thing, and uh, there are floral designs everywhere, and and uh, you know. Driscoll used to head on the whole prom songs to Jesus thing. And, uh, you know, yeah, it yeah. really is. We got <laughs> no, parts of it. Do you remember those services where you? it would get kind of weird? They're just, it's it's this it's like weird, okay, let's just slow dance with Jesus kind of thing, you know? Um Yes, now yeah. that, well, it's almost like about- that snippet that we experience. It, it, it sometimes it's the whole church existence there, and um, and then uh, that's on the old school stuff, and then the modern stuff. You know, obviously Driscoll's coming up in the emergent church, um, and that's his context where you've got the skinny jeans, hipster kind of you know crazy effeminate thing going as as almost the 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 reference point for any any contemporary emerging church, and um, and so again just a point of context that. That I think probably in, in New Zealand, well, maybe in the UK you'd experience that, but New Zealand, that was big. So that was where I resonated with him. Um, it still is big uh, right now. Uh, obviously, feminism is aggressive in New Zealand. And so we, we feel like, like uh, there's a whole wave of depression and anxiety that men feel. You know, in New Zealand, as a result of like a, a whole generation of strong feminism, where their their whole their masculinity has been stripped from them, and they don't know what to do with themselves, so they just get anxious and depressed, and they just they have no figures to look at, and and so for that sort of thing, Driscoll is just again pure medicine. Um, uh, but the problem is they just overshoot it. So uh, where I'm going with this, coming back to sorry, tie it into the whole um, the the theological thing, I do feel like what Driscoll was bringing uh bringing to the table what what Paul Maxwell is bringing to the table is part of it. It's not the whole uh, thing, but I want that in there. In my uh, I do see it. I see I see um not every man, not every scholar of the Bible, not every scribe, but but in David and in you know, the the men that are truly there as part of this overall picture of 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 Christianity, or at least of uh, biblical masculinity, uh there are some men that just you know, killed people <laughs> and uh, knew how to wield a sword, and that's something, and it needs to be said. And it's only the problem is I don't know. I don't so much want to emphasize that and put that at the front as the the sort of front page of masculinity. I just don't want people to be allowed to take that page out. That's my thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I can I can see that. Yeah, yeah. you don't you don't want to, in in the same way that you don't want to normalize or, or make. You know, a kind of what Driscoll was shooting for is the the standard that all men have to live up to. Yeah, you do. You do also uh, not want to make the kind of effeminate guy the standard that all men have to live up to. Right. It's about recognizing that
0: diversity within the manhood. That's right. I get yeah. that. And also maybe uh, yeah, because okay, so that's a good like starting point. Let me just throw some stuff down. Then you can come back. Then I'll shut up. Um, but um. The uh, the other thing is just 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 to even throw this in, um, the 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 masculine kind of hairy monster guy needs to learn from the effeminate guy on issues relating to um, you know uh, those priestly issues usually um, those 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 things that the sensitivity um, the 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 care um, the. You know, the, the stuff that is is usually, um, you know, just completely glanced over by your stereotypical male, your, it's, you know, it's dangerous to even yeah. speak that way, but you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But then here's the controversial point that I think these guys are hitting on Maxwell and Driscoll, which, which you know, whether they're getting it right or wrong, let's leave that aside now. But um, here's the thing I would want to do anyway. I would want to say it's the also the other way around the eff- the effeminate the naturally the, the just the normal kind of more caring sensitive maybe not even effeminate but uh, that guy also needs to look at the the guy who's you know perhaps excelling on the more burly features of manliness. And move also in that direction. Move towards one another. Learn from one another. It's it's a healthy thing when a pencil pusher gets out there and chops some wood with his friend from the church. You know what I mean? And uh, goes hunting with another friend. And even though it's not his cup of tea, you know, it's a good experience. It's a good thing. It's gonna, t- you know, it's it's almost like I think every you mentioned earlier your son and stuff. Um, you know, what if he ends up being just super feminine? Well, that's fine, but but it doesn't mean that we don't need to take steps to like send him to Boy Scouts or, or you know do some army prep or whatever it is, just to get him, get him, you know, physio- f- uh, you know, reaching some sort of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just just going for whether it's the, I think Paul Maxwell hits the gym thing, and why I do think that's important is because there is a certain physiology wrapped up in men and uh, for men to move towards, not away from their physiology, you know, it is important that they lift stuff up and that they, uh, you know, just, just exercise a degree of strength. Every man is going to have that to some degree or another. And um, and that's something that feminists don't like. They don't want us to say stuff like that. And I think we do need to push back on them. So there we go. All right, now you talk.
1: Well, I, I guess I guess there's two things. So first of all, like, what, what I'm concerned with is, is is sort of biblical masculinity. So at the end of the day, have I, have I exercised manhood in a way that pleases God?
0: Yeah, right? yeah.
1: Um, now, I guess the thing for me about um, the good stuff that you, you find, the wisdom that comes out of this, it's good to go lift some stuff, do some physical contact. Mm. Yeah, all that stuff is good for you. Um, all that belongs in the realm of wisdom to me, I think, <clears throat> I think, that, um, in the realm of what, sorry, biblical
0: wisdom. Okay. I'm right. Yeah.
1: You know, it's wise. It's, it, it, it's, 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 um, y- you know, all truth is God's truth or it comes from the Bible or not. Hmm. Um, and so you can learn from sociology, from, um, from biology, from, uh, psychology, you can learn from philosophy. You can learn from all these things. You can take them, um, and I think Nick had a great way of putting it. Uh, he had these two categories, uh, uh, magisterium. Like that.
0: Ministerial and magisterial. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Ministerial and magisterial. Yeah, exactly. So uh, <clears throat> I think you can you can learn and you, we can discern truths from those things that are helpful um, for living life in a generally healthy way in exercise versus non-exercise mm-hmm. is obviously a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think it's good for men to exercise and to, you know, if, if they're feeling frustrated, punch a punch bag or something like that. You know, I think you know all those things. They belong in the category of wisdom.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like just sorry, just a just, quick interjection there. Like I think that's kind yeah. of what he's on about. Like um, punch a punch bag. You know, we we would take that. I think me and you we would talk and be like, obviously, you know, just go and get, yeah. hit the crap out of a punch well, bag. Well, I would,
1: I would throw in. Yeah, okay. I, I see, but but I would, I would also be slightly concerned because at the same time. You do also want to say you do not want to teach a man to deal with his frustration with his fists, you know. So, yeah. punch a punch bag is a good is a good thing. Yeah. But if that is the only way you're teaching yourself to manage frustration, you are essentially teaching yourself to be a brawler, which is essentially an unbiblical. Right. So category.
0: that's a great point. Now, that's a good category you've just spelled out there. But we also, and here's, here's, uh, this is actually, I think, the nub of it all. We also need a category where both are permissible. You know, uh, where, where what I mean there is that you are not dealing with your your anger um, via punching a punch bag or becoming a brawler. And yet, as a man, so you know this biblically, you're being instructed correctly, you're working it out in terms of sanctification. But as a man, you know, there is a pleasure that's going to be effective in, in punching a punch bag that maybe, yeah. you know, it, it might not only be a man that has this pleasure, but certainly as a particular man, uh, I think something wrapped up in manliness might get a, a little bit of pleasure from punching that punch bag. And um, and that should be allowed. And, and it, here's the problem. You, you go along and you say, yeah, man, I just uh, had a great time, just went to gym, hit the crap out of that punch bag. And all right, leave out the word crap. But, you know, I hit the, hit the heck out <laughs> of uh Hit the living daylights out of that punch bag, and um, and, then, the and then and then all the grannies and all the little you know all the the woman at church just oh, you know he's a brawler, you know what I mean? And that's the stuff that you could see how mm. anyone would just go crazy under that. Well, I did hear
1: about a pastor who got suspended for going to play paintball.
0: Right, so that you stuff know, makes me want a, to get up and some, throw some a grenade. Time ago, but- totally, and you know what the problem is? Um, I think you know a lot of people have here's the problem: the pastors just themselves have been uh, those 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 people that have said, hey, stop hitting the punch bag. Because, and that's the kind of thing I think Paul is going up against or talking about, um, which I, f- I feel like, oh, amen, maybe, 100%. Maybe they
1: do that in the stats, but... I don't oh, well, it would be I'd, New Zealand I'd, I'd as no well on that. that. kind of thing. I just do not experience it at all.
0: So like in Wellington, you would have think, seen just when you were down... I think
1: that's very really sad. Again, I don't see it as a masculinity problem. I see, it as a, I see it as a just pastors like that shouldn't be allowed to teach problem. Well, that's true, except like here's why you, if it If you relates. can't discern between...
0: Hear huh. that?
1: Huh? Well, I mean, if you can't discern between what God has actually instructed and your own idea of what God is... You know, between uh, <clears throat> the necessary application, you must, and the... Kind of what you think is could be done as an application in your own mind, mm-hmm. you know, primary and secondary matters, all that kind of stuff. If you mm-hmm. can't make those kind of distinctions, then you sh- you shouldn't be responsible for teaching the Bible.
0: Well, I mean, that's absolutely true. But the point the problem is, you've got a whole generation of that exact kind of person out there, you oh, know, totally, and, yeah. which is actually but, but shaping. But my point is, I don't think it's a masculinity issue. Well, it's shaping. A, well, it is because it's it's shaping. Uh, it's maybe maybe a better way to put it than a masculinity issue per se is a it's an evangelical culture issue, um, yeah. Okay. And, yeah and, for... and so it's a wrong perception of masculinity that makes it a masculinity issue, you know, and that correct correct uh, representation of masculinity has to forge its way in this um, problematic culture that's emerged. And so you know that's that's where I think it, it hits. No, I
1: think I think that's right, and and I, I agree. I absolutely agree that evangelical culture is um, predominantly feminine. Right. I I, I agree with that. Yeah. Know? And but you know it's. I'm so not, I think what you're saying yeah, is so good, though,
0: because you have you you're basically saying like, okay, so let's just keep this thing balanced. Let's keep make sure we're not we're not um, we're not seeing masculinity as a thing unto itself or, or, or even, even more uh, specified than that. Let's, let's make sure we're not seeing a particular aspect of masculinity, um, as a thing unto itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I, I and I'm more, I, I guess, you know, on t- on t- I am saying that and I'm wanting to push slightly further to say that actually punching a punch bag may be something related to masculinity, but it isn't an essential quality of being a man. So, right um the the and again I, i'm not i'm not disagreeing with you but again no. I'm, i guess i'm putting in yeah you just want nuance there I, yeah totally so you might get some I guys listening so, to
0: us right now thinking like what the heck i don't even want to touch a punch back you know and that's and yeah and you're saying well, you're saying you don't want to feel less of a man yeah exactly but it's it's um you know you well,
1: can, hang on can i just say want, one? Want, so there's one other thing is that go for it. The, in the danger of saying that actually both those kinds of masculinities need to learn from each other uh-huh. um is is kind of saying that those things are what manhood is at a, an essential level like it could be interpreted that way so um the guy who has no interest he just wants to read poetry Go. The, I mean, this is such a caricature but he just wants to read poetry, poetry he wants to go see the ballet um you know like the gardening is the biggest form of exercise he's he's getting he, he's content with that. Wears chinos and a pink button-up shirt <clears throat> with boat shoes. What whatever you know, like describe your the picture of the other side of the fence with with a man. Yeah, we- like that guy can do all of those things and still be one hundred percent man as God intended. You know, there, there is nothing lacking in him if he doesn't punch a punch bag
0: right but what would you say man oh, how, oh, we're getting on in time here all right but what are we what would you say if that person neglected his physiology
1: uh what you mean in terms of because like, punch bag is, is perhaps, perhaps not the slot. best
0: thing in that you know it, it has a particular well, kind you mean of I suppose, physiology you mean like he is um either fat or he has um you know become allowed his body but, like he's not taking care of his body um, and I don't mean in a vain way, but in a way that sort of uh, conforms to his it's physiology. yeah
1: Yeah I mean I, well I, again I think that's that you, you contribute to that in a way that is in the category of, of wisdom you know of all truth is God's truth.
0: But what about masculinity yeah. as a biblical definition though? because I mean aren't um, we saying Bible,
1: that? yeah the, well this is exactly my point. the Bible doesn't define masculinity according to a level of exercise
0: but isn't it like the where way i would it's true yeah my pushback would be it isn't the biblical definition yeah my pushback would on that on the biblical definition would be that you know we're created that there's a physiological stamp that god puts on each one of us uh you know male and female and um and that has certain unique attributes and characteristics and uh it conforms in certain ways and so i think this has been largely the the issue with regard to um you know, you, you've 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 seen it in in terms of UFC, you know, um, or just I suppose sport in general. You've had women's league, men's league, you know. It just there's there's just been this acknowledgement where that where that uh, that that you have a stronger perhaps physique generally uh, given to a man. You have a woman uh, yeah. psychological frame that's more given to a certain activity, and these things are just sort of undeniable at some level. Um, the differences i think they are
1: undeniable at some level i'm no. not i'm not at all to deny them i'm just saying they belong in a kind of general revelation category rather than a special revelation category so you know really when you are yeah of course wow. i mean is there any is there any implicit explicit biblical content that talks about any specific thing to do with manly manliness to do with your interests, your dress? Your no, 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 no. Yeah,
0: I'm thinking more in terms of like the the physiology of a male. Like the if you think of um, uh, well, again, the, the creation of the body um, and yeah. the way that's very theological. You know. Um, well, no, yeah, I think male is maleness as a as a. Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm know, wanting to push male back on or what it, So maleness has a certain physiology to it you know, as yeah, a theology, yeah. as it were. Well. And I think, you know, probably what my immediate re- thought is, is um, you have, you know, if uh, the God as Father thing, you know, uh, the the comfort there is strength. The comfort is power. The comfort is uh, along with other things, of course. But, but there, it's not without those things, you know. There is a, um, obviously, anthropomorph- anthropomorphically speaking, there is a, there is a, um, a kind of physiology that is being represented there, that is revealing to us who God is, if if I, if I could put it that way. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, okay. thinking about theology okay. properly. No, no yeah. I,
1: I 100 percent agree. So yeah, um, these are the qualities that represent the the kind of not the maleness of God, but the masculinity of God. And so, um, but I guess I guess the point is still though that how do those qualities translate to us because um, do I have to be physically strong in order to be to measure up to biblical manhood? I just can't. No. See, I can't see. Yeah. Like so that, you <laughs> could extrapolate that from physiology, but I just think that's a dangerous right because you could do almost anything like that. You know? Right. And um, what what I what I think I think I think strength is a key attribute for biblical manhood, but I see strength being worked out in the Bible as things like, uh, you know, when it talks about men and strength of conviction think, and strength, bravery strength and of courage, strength of character, yeah, uh, strength to persevere, mm-hmm. you know, um A strength, strength to forego and
0: be mild and, and um, to be uh, sacrificial, sacrificial. To be gentle, yeah. Yeah. You know? like, yeah no, uh,
1: I think I, I, So, so do you what I'm saying, I, I think there are, there are things that, you could have the, the heavily tattooed, weightlifting, smoking, beer drinking, belching, you know, um, drives around in a pickup truck and watches watches rugby, you know. You have that kid, and yeah. you have the guy, you know, gardening, listening to classical music and poetry in his shirt, um, <clears throat> with a slight frame and weak wrists. It could, you could you could have those two guys. Um, and both of them could live up to that ideal, or miserably fail. At that point, right. those things become irrelevant because you, you can be as you can match up with the physiology of manliness and fail miserably at the biblical theory of
0: manliness. Mm, mm, no, totally. No, agreed, one hundred percent. I suppose just the thing there is like you just don't want to you don't want to be gnostic in the whole approach. You know, you don't want to be. Um, uh, Removing soul from body, or or strength, you know, of those uh, internal attributes versus external, and and basically how that works is that itself out. I think you asked earlier, um, you know, does the does the man who is not physically strong is he able then to say he is he is um, you know living up to biblical masculinity? And I think um, yes, he is. Well, I think
1: I, I would say yes. I would but, say yes. He could do that.
0: Right. But, but in light of what we're talking about in terms of like the, the Paul Maxwell angle and, and perhaps just the, the physiology angle, uh, I would say there is, uh, as part of that, I would, I would say, well, let me try and bring this out in a way that shows what it, something would be wrong. Um, if, if that, that person uh, felt no need whatsoever or, or, or felt it um, inappropriate for a man to exercise his physical strength, to grow physically stronger and 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 to the point that it, those kind of men are excluded from the culture of of the the Christian gathering uh that would be a problem I you'd agree with me there cuz that's that's um, the that's the whole you know, thing I they're think.
1: prejudicing they're prejudicing so the pink shirt guys prejudicing or opposing the 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 tattooed Yeah
0: they're calling that sort of thing something fleshly and brutish and unworthy of christian yeah. sort of masculinity and he's going no I, I ways absolutely. you know
1: yeah no well, i think yeah totally um now if that's all he's doing then fair fair play Again, i think you're being extremely generous i i think that based on the podcast i listen to i really don't think that's what he's doing but but um uh but if that is what he's doing then i'm yeah in total. 100% agree yeah. you can't do that. Well, maybe you that's you good. have to allow the whole spectrum.
0: Totally. Yeah. No, look, I mean, yeah, you know, and then maybe we move into the realm of, is that the way we would do it? And, you know, are there any, you know, sort of differences in terms of we, the way we would well, have that, taken the I approach? Mean, and, essentially, that's my point. I, yeah. 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 But, you know, maybe just leaving it at the the point of, you know, to the degree that he's doing that, you know, I think we're, we're kind of in agreement that someone needs to do that. Now, that's going to get messy. You agree with me there, right? I mean, in today's age, sheesh. I mean, you, it's just. Oh, totally. It's <laughs> a dangerous game, careful, you know. You not got provocative. Yeah, or maybe, or maybe that's the whole point. Maybe that you know, because of the effeminate culture, uh, there. You know, and I'm I'm agreeing with you that we need to be wise in our language, you know. But what I'm trying to just do again, and maybe I am being too charitable, but I am trying to. I, I see something that that I feel like, oof, that we need that. I don't know what that is exactly, but but it's it's almost like. The, the thing itself is eating itself in that you've created this um, event. We've we've got this evangelical culture that will actually keep someone from going there and getting messy if needed to, if it needs to go there. And, um, and, and maybe that's what, you know, we are guilty of now at the same time. Um, I, I don't want to endorse sin, you know? So wherever I feel like, you know, anyone's stepping over the line, no one has the freedom to sin. So we need to just say that up front or, at the back end of yeah. this talk I suppose um, no no one has the freedom to sin whether they're a pastor or not no one has uh, the freedom to do uh, no one can cheat we've got to play by the rules right as Paul said um otherwise you know yeah. the the the, the road's not going to be there as, as we think it is and um yeah. and and I think maybe you know what you're hitting on there is is it, it's it's just it's very helpful in the sense that anyone that goes into listening to it needs to be switched on to that truth, you know? So no one's... Yeah, I think yeah.
1: you just need to keep in mind what the Bible says about what men should be when you go into that, because yeah. he's going to make a lot of sense at a logical level, at a sociological level, but um, we need to be more than that. We, we need to be saying, sometimes the Bible's going to be very counterintuitive and we'll be ready for that.
0: Totally.
1: So it, my big worry is that it ends up promoting same sorts of qualities that are expressly forbidden. So what does he, does he pastor who doesn't meet the biblical qualifications for eldership is, is my my concern with his critique of pastors.
0: Say again, sorry, I missed that one.
1: It's a culture. I don't know. So in his critique of the current pastors that he has experienced in evangelical culture, yes. Is he actually looking for a pastor who doesn't really meet biblical qualifications?
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah um so that's, so that's is my fear done.
1: my fear is that actually you push it down that way yeah.
0: yeah good well hey i will entitle this um uh throwing a grenade at paul maxwell and uh we'll make this <laughs> we'll we'll tag it as in i, I like, feel
1: more comfortable it was if it was throwing a grenade at paul maxwell's podcast
0: okay is that so we'll so we'll tag hating Hashtag on, hashtag Paul Maxwell, hashtag hashtag Maxwell sucks, hashtag, you know, uh, come at me, bro. (laughs) No. So (laughs) there is a small chance that if I do that, you know, according to Paul's own strategy, he might he might listen and respond. So, so Paul, if you're listening, I you. <laughs> like yeah, I am genuinely I just fearful there just for of point. your response. I've really I want to say, even though my brother kind of hates you, um, i really think you're you're freaking <laughs> doing an amazing job and uh, keep going, bro. And I, I'm liking all of your posts, and I mean it. I'm not being a hypocrite, uh, but yeah, oh, uh, yeah, just just if you respond, please don't kill us because uh, I think your muscles are bigger <laughs> than ours. And uh, this might be a problem. Uh, no, no, good talk. And hopefully that helps you guys out. Um, in a word, maybe just a summary, would you recommend um, to people to listen to SelfWire or not? I would. I,
1: okay, I wouldn't. Based on the two podcasts okay. I've had, I, I, I think it's unnecessary. All right, so just keep
0: that in mind if well, you do I, go I, into I, it.
1: But I say, I say that, uh, yeah, okay, I'll leave it there. Otherwise we talk I mean, about
0: look, all we're all not anyone's pastor anyways, doing this whole thing. But, but um, you know, keep that in mind you've got two two people disagreeing. So there's a good example of perhaps the polarizing effect he's having. Um, and so just just put your discernment hat on and go for it. Um, awesome. Cool. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Let's call it. <laughs> I think we're on an hour for this one. I know people who are going <laughs> oh, to be man. totally acid that uh, I think Cody Knox might give me a word or two about the length of this podcast. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. yeah Cody, well, whatever, bro. Just listen to some Paul Maxwell. Yeah, I'm whatever. Shut up.
1: I, look, I can tell you Cody,
0: I can't, so yeah. can. So you, you know. Bros, Cody. Okay. More bros. Could I could I, could
1: I take him out?
0: Bros. Yeah, you could take Cody out. Cody's always trying to get me at church. He's always trying to Muay time me and stuff, and I'm like, nah, bro, it's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. working on his in on his um on his form. It's good. He's more okay. of a cricket guy that's, though. That's what... Cricket shouldn't be allowed in. Masculinity <laughs> should not allow cricket players.
1: You never like cricket.
0: Cricket or rugby, in fact, I don't know, it's sketchy, man. Sketchy. Uh, I don't know how anyone.
1: Nothing compared to cricket.
0: Yeah, I mean, how can you? you...
1: A little leather ball comes at you at like 140 k's. Not like it, you can actually die.
0: No, nah, it's so lame. So lame. <laughs> Such an effeminate game. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> uh, I. I. If I, I had my way, to
1: do UFCs and cricket.
0: If I had my way, cricket players would not be allowed in the church. Cody. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's call this. We're getting stupid. Goodbye. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs>